0: How many times do you allow for crickets before you give up on a joke? What if it's just one bad room? I never give up on a joke. I know. Yeah, it shows.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Comedy is a way that a lot of us, I think, deal with certain things. It's a, it's a coping uh, mechanism we learned at a young age because we were either too hyper for two people to take seriously, so we figured out a way to be funny to gain friendship. I didn't get funny until I got fatter. And that didn't happen until <laughs> I was an adult. So
0: the, so the underlying thing is comics can't be healthy. So How you do it, do it is I up to some- you. I want to introduce to you. We are here to introduce. I'm here to introduce.
1: Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comedy Connects.
0: <laughs> welcome to Comedy Connects. I'm Jenny Soldner.
2: I'm Mike Shampoo.
0: And today we have two guest stand-up comedians with us. Ross Huff. And Jim Schwartzbauer. So, do you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? How long you've been doing comedy?
3: Um, Jimmy, you want to go first? Sure, I can go first. I'm surprised you got my I'm... name right. That's a that's a doozy. <laughs> that's a <laughs> lot of letters. Um, there. Schwartzbauer. Sure. I
1: actually knew a Schwartzbauer. Grew up with. Oh yeah, who's your, that? Um, my uncle. Your uncle? Well, Bill. Yeah. Bill, I I knew him, but that actually, uh, Heather, his daughter, was the one that
3: I grew up with in my grade. So it's
1: a
2: family show oh, now.
3: Yep. You're the you're the same age as Heather. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, That's a then.
2: real your oldest shit moment right there. Yeah, yep.
3: Well, I'm older than he is. I know. So. <laughs> We've had that talk. <laughs> yeah.
2: Jim had me fooled. I swore that he was younger than me, and he's got a couple of years on me. Yeah, you do look very young.
3: And he told yeah, me it's it, the beer. It's all the milk snake, you know? Yeah. <laughs> snake milk, you know, that stuff. Yep. Um, no, but I've been doing comedy for about, what, a year and a half now. I started during the pandemic thingy. We want to call that thing if we want to bring the off up, button. Um, don't get us canceled. <laughs> yes, we. Uh, I did this online comedy class, and uh, just to like, teach it, I, anybody can get out and do it, right? But I was just ah, what, something to do on the weekends. Did that, and the the uh, the teacher of that was um, McCallis uh, Corey McCallis, and he runs the one out in um, Washington. So he he works out there as a comedian, and then he basically got me into the Skyline to do a show, and that's where I just started doing it then. Been doing that now for a year and a half, and I love it. Meeting nice. some great new guys.
2: So, does he have connections to Skyline to do that?
3: Yeah, they're all connected together. So the oh, so
2: that's like the Spokane location yeah. or something. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. Our our most local comedy club in Appleton has connections to Spokane, Washington, and a couple of other places around yeah, the nation. They're,
1: they're all over. I know. uh what got me into it was actually I always thought that I remember Skyline was always cool and stuff, but. There was a, a little open mic at Cimarron that was going. That, that one was a big one. I I've heard the it, tales, the legends. Cimarron, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was one of those places where jokes went to die at times. But it, was, it wasn't a bad place, though. We all loved it. It was what it was. And uh, Sean Patrick Moore got that one going. Um, he's off living in his van down by a river.
0: Yeah, I'm really jealous of that. Actually,
2: that cool. nobody nobody <laughs> should be,
3: nobody should be jealous dream. of the LA River.
2: Nobody
1: <laughs> <laughs> can be jealous of the LA River. Right. That does no.
3: Is that really, really where he's at or what? Yeah, he's yeah. a guy. Yeah, yeah, he he's, is. Oh. Yep. Yep. Okay, yep. so
1: he he got that whole thing going there at uh, Cimarron, and that that one died post COVID. Rest in peace. But um, <laughs> I feel like the attic is kind of taking the place of what that was in spirit so
2: i love the stage at the attic it lo- is I, yeah. so nicely lit it's very warm and welcoming i wish yeah, more
1: people knew where the hell it was and that's kind of the ad uh, i was telling them to run is like where is the attic can you find it and like just like have a whole thing like that and mm-hmm. i also
0: found I it's difficult to find on facebook yes. like i remember yep. first looking for it there's so many businesses yep. named the attic and that's not one that comes up
3: Sounds nope. like a strip joint or something, it, it, it used right? To be once <laughs> oh, is that okay? But that's
1: not what it was when it was named that. I'm trying to think, but that was above uh, Frankie's.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and at this point, it's it, everything's about what can you find on Facebook. So if you're going by the mm-hmm. attic with so many options like that, yeah, they might want to. You know, they might Yeah, that. and Take I anything. like.
1: Yeah. I, I think that like efforts that have been made to try to like make it relevant have helped. I've seen that place packed. I have for a comedy show early on when uh we did it for um someone who ran uh a different production company he um he put on shows there and one of his his first two shows actually were really well that did well there but uh those i I believe like there were a couple of the comics that brought a good number of those people so it was definitely uh started out totally different than what it's become now though like it definitely. I love the owner there. Craig's a good guy, and he gives us a great space to work with, and we can even use the downstairs space if we need to. But he's very open about uh, making any kind of uh, deals with uh, where you take th- you take part of the risk as well if you want to put on a show there or something. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so that's the one where you do like the word challenges, right?
1: Yep. Every every week we have a word challenge where we'll. Whatever uh, word gets thrown out there from the audience, we'll try to work that into a joke and stuff.
0: Do you feel like that improves your writing?
1: Um, I think that I think it definitely helps. I think at times people just blow it off, but like it's actually become a larger and larger part of it. And like letting letting people kind of let their mind wander on it is fun. Like. 'Cause you, you never know who's gonna come up with what and when they come the next week and actually like throw forward their jokes, it's kinda of funny to see what comes from some of that stuff.
3: Right.
2: I was thinking about going last week and I prepped just yeah. in case I was gonna be able to make it. And I wrote one setup and then like seven tags to go with yeah, it. Yep. And I'm like I'm I'm gonna throw them all out there if I get a chance to go oh. and it didn't work out, but but yeah, it's it was it was a fun challenge and in particular because it just as I wrote the setup in the first tag it, it just kept grinding and I kept getting this picture of who I want other people to see on this joke. Yeah. And it's g- going to be one of those like douchey guys with the handlebar mustaches and suspenders. <laughs> and like, they just, they want it to be the thirties so bad again. And they just can't stand that. It's not like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jim, do you ever do any of those writing challenges?
3: Ah, I've uh, done it once actually there at the addicts. I've been there a couple of times. So yeah, it does make it challenging though. Cause you, you you got to come up with it that week in that week's fan. And if you're not doing other things too, on top of it, but mm-hmm. then to make
1: something. most guys are writing it right there at the bar before. Yeah. End that's enjoy. it. They're like,
3: Oh yeah, I forgot so to they do call that. It napkin jokes. Napkin stuff, jokes yeah. like.
0: Do you ever have a napkin joke that ends up in your set? Like permanently? It just worked that well.
3: Um, I have actually, it was, uh, my, my mother won. Yeah. because <laughs> I was drinking and I was like, "Ah, oh, this sounds good. You know? And, <laughs> <laughs> and it works. Yeah, it actually didn't come out that way in the beginning, but it comes out eventually. You yeah, that's the it. start. Yep. Yeah, good though.
2: Did I keep the one that I wrote at the attic that one time months I ago? I Don't remember. I might. So. Have, I might have kept one from a napkin joke <laughs> there once.
1: Some of them. Some of them work out, and you're like, all right, this is. Mm-hmm. This one's going in the pocket.
0: So, do you guys like think of your jokes as babies, where you remember when and how they were born?
1: Um, some of them. I feel like some of them like it gets blurred like what cuz you're constantly tweaking it too. Mm-hmm. It's not like a normal baby, it's a baby that you've set <laughs> bodied. It's a bionic baby. Over. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like all right, we can make this better. Like how are we going to do this? So they're yeah, definitely like children. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. You, you you like them all, but not all the same.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you you've told There's that on stage.
2: A, <laughs> I tried to slide it in there, it didn't go yeah. well. I'm hoping it plays better on this though.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, so this is totally off topic of comedy, but I have Ross here, so it needs to be discussed. We're oh. talking about the Mandela
1: effect. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. I am definitely a big believer in like there is some messed up Mandela effect stuff. Yeah. I want my
3: Bernstein bears back. Yeah, you right. bastards.
0: D- Jim, are you familiar with the Mandela effect? I am not.
3: No? Yeah. No, let's uh, describe this to me.
1: Yeah, you you're mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so basically, like Nelson Mandela there's a huge and this is where the mandela effect comes from like where the the term comes from is so many people remember that he died in prison he never got out and got the nobel peace prize that that was something that happened so like there's this huge belief like amount of people that believe that that's how it happened and they cannot believe that things have worked out the other way like no i remember it was in newspapers when he died he died in prison so like All these people are remembering the same minute details about this as well. Mm -hmm. So it's where the term the Mandela effect comes from because there's so many people that are believing something that. But any type of proof proves otherwise. So like the Bernstein bears is a big one. Um, How you spell Bernstein at the end, E-I-N is what a lot of people remember. Like, you, your normal, because uh, it's kind of a Jewish name. Yeah. Like, they were Jewish bears is kind of what I thought. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember, like, knowing enough as a kid to realize that that was kind of, oh, they're, they're
3: Jewish bears. <laughs> they got dreaded. I, <laughs> I, I appreciate
1: like that
2: you're still saying and Jewish and all the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is it's not, not becoming. It's just not short. It yeah, <laughs> no, we
3: can't do that. I don't think that works. <laughs>
1: no Jew bears. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh,
3: goodness. <laughs> but my wife's 1% Jew. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the number it's of comedians kosher, who are like, don't, "Don't worry,
0: I have a friend who is," and it's yeah. like that we we have a friend actually that's always doing that to Mike. Who's he's always trying to get me like, to yeah. you know tell racist jokes, and he's like, yeah. "Don't worry, you can tell him you have a black friend." I'm like, "No one's no, no one's no, gonna buy that because no. people put that out there anyway." Right. There's
1: a lot of people that throw stuff out there like, and everyone wants to be that edgy new comic when they come into the scene. They want to be like, "All right, I want to express these guys because what impresses most comics." Edgy stuff because a lot of people who've been sitting at open mics all the time are pretty jaded to, like, comedy. Mm-hmm. So, like, when they hear, like, something that's off the wall, they're like, oh, 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 that one, okay. <laughs> perked me up a little <laughs> bit. That's perked me up a little average bit. average thing coming yeah. out. Yeah, so you get, like, good laughs off of it from like a crowd of comics, but, like, your normal everyday muggles... Like, that's not how it works. Like, they don't... Is
0: muggles the official term? Yeah. No, I, <laughs> no, I haven't <laughs> coined
1: that.
2: Jenny is not a Harry so, Potter fan, so uh, she doesn't know what that oh, is.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I don't well, do Harry Potter.
1: people. In oh, the wizarding world. In the wizarding world. Oh, okay. I'm glad there's another um, nerd here. So I
0: want to come back to Mandela Effect, but on that note, we have to address that. Um, that idea of you go to these open mics, which are mostly comics, and then you feel like you've got to go over the top or whatever to get the laugh from the comics... Because of that, do you find most of the open mics especially around here where people audiences don't really show up do you find them beneficial?
1: hi um there's there's benefits of writing anything on stage I think that
3: stage time is important it, it yeah. is it's practice it's you know even though you, they've even heard it before you know it's a, that's the other thing too is that you're just talking to the same people sometimes but to me, I think it, uh, it you know, it's a stage presence. It's being up there. you got to rehearse it anyways because I can do it in front of the mirror all I want, but I'm great in front of the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> We're waiting for that video. I crack it up all the time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <God>. it's, when, <laughs> it's,
1: it's when you're in that room and no one's laughing, but you know everybody. And it's kind of one of those – I think we try to have fun with it more and more now, but there's been a lot of, like, mics I've done where – it's just two or three of the other comics staring back at me, and they're not into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, awesome, cool. Do you,
0: do you ever write then for the other comics and yeah, have, like, stuff you can't yeah. really use later?
1: Yep, I've done that. I've seen a lot of guys that... uh It was funny, Jake Shane, actually, the one night, he's like, all right, I had a set, but you guys have heard this shit before. Turn on the lights. And he's like, I got a story for you. And he just tells us this story about, like, how... He watched um, this dog that, like, they had just gotten for uh, birthday. Like, this dog got beat to death somehow. It was a fucked up story. And, like, by the end of it, though, they had to wrap it in this, like, blanket that all of them had once used together in their adolescent age as a catch rag, basically. Because at that age, they were all doing it, but they were like, well, we can't look at each other, but we'll use this same blanket to cover all of ourselves and this is what we'll use. So this, this story, is the story is awful. Yes. <laughs> what <have> you, yes. <laughs> was it a Michael Vick blanket by yeah, chance? No, but it was it was a great story. Great That's story. Great.
0: Great is not the adjective I would have pulled out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I just remember like like to to uh, like to uh, I remember being so like I was freaking holding my sides laughing so goddamn hard. I did not articulate it in the same way he did. Obviously, he <laughs> he dove into this story and told us it. So like, did he was, tell it humorously though yes, or yeah, okay? Yes. So okay. like was it that hu- was, the,
2: was that was it another example of humorous to comics like that's not us, that's yeah. going to fucking die yeah. on stage though. I don't
1: think. L- the like story like with a regular like that would do very Yeah. Well. As it showed by me just giving you a general idea of what right. the story was about. Yeah. But like
2: that was some rough content. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I> no.
3: <know>. So <laughs> it if is it,
0: what it is. if it makes other comics laugh, how do you know not to do it in front of your muggles? Muggles? I'll speak your language.
3: Um, right. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you can try it, I guess, and then, yeah. uh, then you find out from them. I've done that before. You, I've made you know, everybody laugh at the comedy club oh. once, but, but then all of a sudden you do it in front of people, that normal folk, whatever you want to call it, the muggles. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're going with it? I guess we're There's gotta be a term. That's what yeah. it is for this episode. All right, the muggers. Yeah, you do everything and then you're just like, whoa, crickets, you know? It's like, yeah. all right, moving on. You know?
0: How many times do you allow for crickets before you give up on a joke? What if it's just one bad room?
3: I never give up on a joke.
0: I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it shows. <laughs> Come on, dude, so. <laughs> sometimes I wish I had that confidence.
3: <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I still no. keep pawning at anima sometimes. There is I a lot. Know. Maybe I, think I tweak it a little bit. It you comes know, with right? the baby
1: thing. Yeah. It's like, hey, that's my baby. I wrote that. Like, I'm not going to give up on it yet. It might be ugly, but you yeah. know, <laughs> but, you got to Polish it. that thing up, man. It can't
2: play football, but maybe it'll be good at music, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> exactly.
1: Or that's taxes. like, I think that's one of, the most, difficult,
0: of the most difficult parts of the craft is that you can have a joke that will flop. And for example, Mike had one that didn't necessarily flop, but he changed like one word and it killed. Yeah, and it it's like, everything. you can't, it's... you have to keep trying yep. and, mm-hmm. and you oh, can't. So I always wonder, like, how do you know? How do you know when it's time to give up on, you you know, an ugly baby?
2: You shouldn't write the joke if you don't believe in the premise. If you find a premise that you genuinely like, just keep going at it. You're going to get to, to the right punchline eventually. And sometimes it is just a one word. Sometimes it's scrapping the original punchline completely and going another direction with it.
3: And it's pace, too. I mean, you could just, if you go really fast through it, you know, they're going to, they're not going to catch everything. And then, yeah, if you just pause a couple times, that can be It's even amazing it what just
1: slowing the fuck down does sometimes. It does, yeah. Altering like anything about really what you're like, doing on it. Yeah. Like you, when you really like tap on the brakes and realize, okay, like, don't try burning through this stuff as fast as you can. Cause, like, sometimes it's better to have, like, there, but that, that, this is the thing, though, is there's people that get up there and kill with that really fast, firing it off style, too. I've seen people do very well with that. Tyler Sitar just came oh. back to the attic the other day, and uh, it was good to see him, and that's, like, his style big time. It's just fire off a bunch of stuff, and it he's he's bitching about stuff, but it's funny. By the end of it, like, you need to have him firing it off that quickly to make it funny because that's the whole point of it, you know. It makes me
2: think of Drew Flaggy that comes around every once in a yeah, while. Same. Yeah, same. Yep. Yeah. It's very, very Really similar. paced, really yep. paced. Yeah. And,
1: like, really fast-paced. And it's mm-hmm. – he, but he, he kills it with that pace. But then you look at, like, some of the people that are around him. Um, Chris Schmidt's a good example. I've seen him – he, he's picked up the pace and tried doing things real fast, but like he's nor- his normal things is going through slow. He already has and a then, good cadence; it's hard yeah. to break that. And then he's just—he's a—he's someone that's been doing it forever, and you can tell mm-hmm. just by his delivery, everything that he does. Like he's such a good joke writer. There's so many of the Milwaukee guys that I really respect, and it's so cool to see them like come to um, the Valley scene and like Green Bay, even that's. Starting to butt into quite a thing, too, now. It's cool to see all the the different stuff that's uh, coming around. And it's all in its early developmental stage, and it's we want to see it through, you know? Because mm-hmm. I, I think there's really good, like, faculties in place right now that are helping that happen. So I hope it just continues in this direction. Part Sorry, of the I'm reason ranting.
0: for doing rant away <laughs> yeah, <what> here <laughs> we, for. we have an edit button yeah <laughs> part of the reason for doing this is because i don't think many people realize what it is to be a stand-up comedian like the idea of yeah you've got to write the jokes but then you get up there you tell them and either they're funny or they're not but the little things like figuring out am i going too fast am i going too slow and it's a fine line because we've all seen comedians who get up there and they go way too slow yeah and then we've seen the ones who go way too fast and then you know are you moving too much too many um and ahs and the number of things that you guys have in your heads and that you have to work through is just i don't
3: think people realize what a craft it is yep well and you got to practice too that's the other thing i mean i could there's some people up there that can just spitfire some stuff out they're quick-witted people but and for me it's like ah you blink a little bit it's like oh here we go you just got to pause and yeah set, step back and run with it but you know at that main main point is yeah i, I gotta practice a little bit more than some people might i don't know got dyslexia so, a little bit so it's like you know, just trying to like get shit together so with <laughs> the
0: practicing what happens if something during the show throws you off whether it's a comment or a heckler or just you know someone drops a glass or something does that affect what like do you practice with you know your your wife screaming at you in the background
3: to yeah, yeah she throws a dog too you know she smashes her glasses like she's doing a little Mazel talk. You <laughs> no <know>? animals were <laughs> harmed in the filming. Um, <laughs> no. I, I, honestly, I just, we had that at, uh, when we did uh, Willie Beeman's the other time. Somebody actually jumped to the end of my joke, and I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So then I just, well, I got to move on because that was the end of my joke. That was the punchline, and he he actually called it out. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm moving on. Oh,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah. Ouch. <laughs> and there's you know, nothing you can really do about that. You know what I mean? You don't no. want to turn on your crowd. But, like, in the same breath, it does kind of, like, all right, asshole, like, shut up. Yeah. Like, you, you give them, like, let them kind of go. But if they continue doing it, like, you got to be like, hey, do you want to come up here? Or whatever. Like, there's so many different ways to deal with a heckler. But, but I, I've i been lucky. Like, I haven't really needed to. I, but I have had, like, some pretty rowdy shows where my big thing is always, like, free bird.
3: <laughs> as <laughs> free soon bird, as the guitar that, comes it out. it's like.
1: Yeah, free bird. fuck you. And have laughs, laughs and, like, that's it. Like, I yeah. never really...
0: Well, you do such a different style of comedy because yeah. most of what you do is your guitar and musical comedy. Yep. So, And you also almost encourage the interaction.
1: Yep. I do like a little bit of interaction. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, I, I actually like a crowd that gets a little rowdier at times. Not too much. Like, I still want to command the room, but I think at the end of the day, if you're able to, like, entertain a full room of people, even if, like... That's where some of these bar shows they get to a point where people are falling down in the background and stuff, mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that. But it's all, it's all stuff that, like, it adds to the stories when you tell it later on too. <laughs> I really enjoy some of this stuff, and some of some of the best laughs I've gotten from a small town crowd were like you call out the guy that just fell on the ground, like you you, you do stuff like that, and you, it, it's so funny to see like. The camaraderie that comes between, like a local dive bar, when you do a show there, and I, I, it's just one of my favorites. I feel like, like I like doing the comedy club. Don't get me wrong, like it's yeah, it's a whole different ask. setting. Like it's you're getting laughs, like it feels mm-hmm. so good. But like, there's nights you leave some of them bar shows feeling kind of shitty too, because no one wanted to hear you. No, me. no, you're just sitting there just talking into a mic, and everyone's
3: like, who's. You just fucked up their Was Friday night. Asshole. Yeah. I came here to download my shit on yeah. Sunday because I'm mad <laughs> throughout the week. And yep. I wanted beer and fish. And now I got to listen to this. Idiot. Listen to this guy. So <laughs> That's why
2: advertising th- is vital. You, know. you have to get yeah. the location on board. Make sure that they're talking to people so that hopefully there's less of those situations. Yeah,
0: so the Friday regulars will know directly from the bar. Hey, mm-hmm. this is what's happening. Don't come in tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what are for the question for all three of you? What's your favorite venue to perform at? Like not location, but type of venue, you know.
1: Type of venue.
0: Dive bar, regular bar, theater, comedy club.
1: Man, I've done one of my favorite places I've done was an axe bar, in Two Rivers. Like an
2: axe throwing place. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Oh shit! But like it was like a larger operation, like yeah. and they. Like that was pretty cool. Like that was seems over, terrifying. That was like a brave apples, place. You know? Like, like, I know, I, I, I made mention of yeah. that. Like when I was there, I was like, "This." Did they put you in a lane? Your liability has to be through the roof. Like, <laughs> but like, I, I definitely, I think it was because not only the reaction of the people who were there, the free beer that I got, which was all really good. Like it was a poorhouse, so all the different like um, good tabs and good taps and all know? that. And uh, then I got to throw axes afterwards. Like the guys, are like here, just sign a liability thing, and we'll. After we got you. you drunk all night yeah, for this after comedy we show. Got you drunk all night. Were they
0: like, throwing axes while you were performing? No, no, that okay, was nice. They did like stop they, that? So
1: they stopped everything. Okay. Um, there were like 200 people that were there. It was like a snowstorm that oh, wow. night, and um, it just uh, it just worked out. Like everyone went out for some reason. We weren't expecting that many people to show up, and all of a sudden, boom! It was just packed. And uh, Rob Brackenridge was the one that headlined that show, mm-hmm. and then uh, Ken Ken Walters, he was on. He he uh, he was dynamite. He went before me. I featured, and then uh, Cranes was the host, and Cranes is awesome. Like he, he's not doing comedy as much, but I I think that he'll step out and do it every now and again. But it sounds like he's planning stuff again, and he puts on great shows. I haven't met him yet. He's uh he's a character. I love him. He like I've watched him go up on stage and do so many different little shticks. Um, that it's just so funny. Like the one he he like doing a lot, and I don't want to give out too much too much of his stuff, but he basically the idea was uh, he'd go out and uh, have the person would introduce him. He'd come on. I don't like that at all. And he'd go on this whole spiel about how he like wrestled this bear to save an infant, and that's how he wants to be brought out. Like, tell everybody how I did this, you know? <laughs> and so you go back out, and you, like, set him up all extravagantly like he asked, and he comes out, and he's like, I don't know what they're talking about. I was sitting at home on Friday. Oh and, he <laughs> and he goes into his act, and he's just like, what the hell? That's very like, random. Get back yeah. up here and do
2: this right. Yeah. yeah. Who is this guy?
1: Yeah. No, yeah. and it's just right away, like, he sets the tone by starting out, like, the night like that. And so,
3: And nice. for me, I... Man, it's, it's a horse apiece, I guess, if you know, we're going to use that term. But uh, looking at the people at the bar is a whole different scenario. When you're up on stage at Skyline and you got the lights blind you, mm-hmm. you don't see nothing. You know, you can't see a thing, and it's like you don't see the reaction, really, unless you got some people sitting in front row. So I like it for different aspects. The, uh, the bar scene really tests you, and I mm-hmm. like that a lot. It makes you somebody completely different. than you know. I, from what I started off as for, like, probably seven months, I did just pretty much the uh, Skyline. And doing that, every time you just get used to that, everyone's there to listen. You get some random drunks here and there, but then... Nothing too intense. No. And then all of a sudden you jump... (laughs) You go to Willie Beeman's in overtime, and like, whoa, you know? (laughs) Nobody's here to listen to me, but we're... They're listening, sort of, you know. So. Yeah, you gotta you gotta, gotta, you gotta in. tap into the ones yep. who are actually there to listen. Yeah, you can you can, but that's where you can see you can make eye contact with them then yep. too. Yeah, otherwise if you it's were, a lot
1: more personal. It is. Oh, it, it, it's that's big huge. time. And then afterwards, when they all want to hang out with you and buy you shots and stuff, yeah. that's totally. <laughs> that's the best part. Yeah, Oh, that's totally totally bullshit.
3: You guys thing. took off like lightning
2: after overtime. <laughs> also, yeah. I turned around, everybody was gone. We oh, did uh, have to leave of was... that
3: one, but I stayed after Willie Beeman's a couple of times, and but. Yeah. When you get me back up to overtime, I'll stay. All right. <laughs> that, like, I, wink I, wink.
0: I fully expected <laughs> to
2: buy you guys—you know—buy you guys a beer, get Ray a soda because he doesn't drink anymore, and yeah, you know. But like all of a sudden, it was just like bam, gone, 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 gone. Like oh, less than little fifteen little minutes. Yeah, yeah. We stuck around and talked a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, by the time you and I actually got a chance to talk, everybody else was gone. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm.
0: So, Mike, what's your favorite venue?
2: Um, I've only done a couple. Uh, I've, I've done, you know, opens at, uh, at the comedy club. And that is great for a lot of the same reasons that Jim talked about. Um, there's a general respect. People are paying attention for the most part. Um, and, but what's really great are those few times when we actually have people there and those just take off. My very first night out was phenomenal. We had at least 15 people right in the front, not a single one of them comedians, And it was great. It was, I couldn't believe what an experience it was. It changed the whole dynamic of, of like, it just set such a high level of expectation that the next like six times I made it down, there was like, oh, this is what it's actually like. (laughs) You know, I I, I got that, that rookie gift. And then after that, it was like, all right, all right. I can settle into this too. But the lights are different. The stage is different. Being in a place that's specifically for comedy makes it different. They've got pictures of, some of the most famous comedians that have ever been around and you can pay attention to what is coming there. You know, we've, we've seen people like uh, we saw Mark Curry from hanging with Mr. Cooper there a couple of years back. Um, and I, you, you see guys that are on their way up and maybe guys that are pretty well established, maybe not quite, you know, doing arenas anymore, but still high profile people come in there. So you get to be on the same stage as them and that changes everything about what you're doing on that stage um but then you can also take it down to the bar shows and the bar shows they swing so wildly um from being a handful of people to being you know 40 50 people but it is the same problem that Jim talked about where sometimes they're into it and sometimes they're not and the less people there are the harder it is to get them going because it just it's missing that group mentality that group buy in that you can get when there's a larger crowd because then it just takes a few people laughing And then it just catches like fire and suddenly you can get the whole room going.
0: As comedians, do you guys, when you're watching a show or at an open mic or whatever, even though you've heard these jokes a million times, do you ever force the laughs to try to get the audience going?
2: I
1: will.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think we all can put on, uh, put on our laughs. I think you, uh, you can tell the difference too as a comedian. Mm-hmm. When you're hearing that, but like it's, but it's genuine. It's one. Well, it, it is to try to help get the crowd going. It is like it's different. Like if there wasn't a crowd there, I don't think you'd get nearly. It's, it's all. It's honestly harder when it's just the comics without much of a crowd there,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and the comics haven't been drinking much.
2: <laughs> There's nothing better than when I tell my erectile dysfunction joke and one asshole starts clapping.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know they're listening. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they I were waiting know. for it. They yep. knew it was coming, yep. so
1: I take something like that though over like silence.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Like
1: the shit-giving, like that's what I love about The Addict too, is like we encourage giving each other shit. Mm. Like not not heckling, but like a little bit <clears throat> just just enough to kind of you know, let someone know. Just uh, watch their reactions to it. I feel like it's something we all have to work on, because um, mm-hmm. you're going to get it, especially doing these dive bar shows that we were talking about. Because they are all over the place. You need to be able to swing on a pendulum and like be able to just whip out whatever you can in that given moment, because it is a war zone at times at some of these places.
0: So you need to start practicing throwing out the last line of everyone's jokes. Yeah, so, I do, so yeah, that you yeah, right, like, can <laughs> prep for it. You know. So hearing the same things over and over and over again, because you guys are always around and hearing all the same stuff. Do you ever get sick of comedy?
3: No. No? No, I love it. Because you, well, you listen to some the same comedians over and over, right? You'll watch their same skits, you mm-hmm. know, all the time. I'll go back and watch, um, shit, I watch Damon Wayne's over and over again. Mm-hmm. I watch uh, um, Bill well, Burr all the time. I love that guy, you know? So it's just like, mm-hmm. I know it's coming, but it's, it's comedy. So, yeah. yeah. That's I've seen John, John Mulaney, Mulaney for me so yep. many John times. Yeah, oh god, John Yeah, John Mulaney so many times. Yeah. He's been on a little break there because of his little issue and then yeah, his kid. And... Divorce too. I think I watched Oh, any... they're divorced now too. Yeah, yeah they are. They're getting divorced. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: oh really. that's a good one. Yeah,
0: he, he had a full <laughs> <laughs> full a, life one eighty. So I can't I, wait to I see
2: post Mullaney wow. or po, post divorce Mulaney. I know. I oh. feel really
0: bad because I'm looking at him going through all these horrible things and I'm like, this is gonna be a great set. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah
1: dark milady i think anytime anybody's been like through some shit i think that that helps them comedy is a way that a lot of us i think deal with certain things it's a it's a coping uh, mechanism we learned at a young age because we were either too hyper for people to take seriously so we figured out a way to be funny to gain friendship or that's kind of my view on it like with some Mm -hmm. like the more and more i go along i do get a little more jaded to it and think that way like what is comedy really but just a way for well, us to try to, like, interact with each other as people.
0: <laughs> I've seen <it's> some <laughs> of the more, you know, famous comedians that they start to get preachy as they get yeah. older. Yep. And it's like their jadedness, like, there's still a couple of jokes in there, yeah. but it's a lot of preaching.
1: No, and that's, you look at, uh, um, you look at, there's like a handful, like you say, that get that way. Mm-hmm. Um, George Carlin was quite preachy towards the end. Yeah, he got really mm-hmm. preachy. Um, very preachy, but still hilarious. I he he made it people, work. His yeah. delivery. Oh his, my God. It was. Yeah. It was all in his delivery. Yeah. Like, and he could sit and bitch about the man, like, and paying taxes because, well, he kind of fucked up and didn't pay taxes and had to pay mm-hmm. back the man. Like, yeah. yeah just, so, I mean, I can see where a lot of that, ex, like, animosity came from towards that. But it was also like, well, dude, like, it's kind of what happens when you don't pay your taxes. But that'll happen when your that, accountant's name is Larry. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, no, as, as far as comedy goes, like, I still find myself, like, really enjoying. I'll watch, like, comedy um, routines and stuff, newer ones, rewatch old ones. For a while there, I was living and breathing, and I feel like that was too much where I was hitting every open mic. All I was doing was watching comedy routines. All I was, like, reading was articles about comedy, listening to podcasts about, like, joke setups and stuff. And, like, it just burns you out at times. You need to go out and experience regular life, too, because that's where you're going to gain your experiences, mm-hmm. where you're going to write your jokes about. Do you well, think
0: a lot of comedians do that, burnout? Did oh you yeah. go through that? You've been doing it a year and a half. Have you had a burnout yet?
3: Um, not really a burnout. You've got a good
1: balance. You've had a good balance from the get-go, get I I've feel like. I've got
3: work that really takes yeah. me because I work right. 50, 60, 70 hours, a week, depending on how the, you know, the, the, the time of year is. And so I got to commit to that, obviously, because that pays for the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's <laughs> important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I like, when I have the time, I, I love to write at night. Or Actually, I get up at like 5 in the morning, and then I start writing then. That's when my brain works the best. Oh, wow. See, and
1: that's cool. That's totally Both different. of you assholes were
2: messaging me at 6 a.m. today.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And you so were up. It just so, so happened that complete? I pulled an all-nighter,
2: so, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it worked out. I'm but, the uh, only
0: one who slept till noon. <laughs> uh, what were you guys doing last night? Raving it or what? I I was working, oh, <laughs> but I, was, I work from home. Like just I do a bunch of contract things and just, okay. I do my own thing. So
2: I was just too excited for the podcast tonight. I couldn't. That's yeah, that? <laughs> right. Like the night before
0: Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I get to
2: do this today.
0: <laughs> he wanted to wow. wrap you guys up and unwrap, but I I told him that's that's that another show. Or, I mean. Yeah, that, there's different websites for that. There's different websites for that's unwrapping right. your guests. Yeah, um.
2: um, to to put my stamp on the uh, too much and something else you touched on, you talked about like being younger. Um, I didn't get funny until I got fatter, and that didn't happen until I was an adult. <laughs> um, and it, that's just
1: that, that's just there's the crux truth of it. To that,
2: no, I was I, I was I was very concerned with with the way I was seen by people yeah. growing up. So, I didn't really, I was very quiet as a kid. Yep. And I eventually opened up when I got to college and then, you know, put on 40 pounds my freshman year and never looked back. I've been funny ever since. Yep.
3: Is that what <laughs> I got to do, you mean? Is that what you're saying? I, I, mean, <laughs> okay, I mean, we're not coming.
0: trying to say you're not we funny. We can get a pizza but. after this, Jim. Right? <laughs> my, my,
1: <laughs> my comedy has gotten better since I've gotten fatter. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, and it's the only reason why I'm staying the shape mm-hmm. I'm in. I, I could like very well get in very good shape, but
2: I've got nothing but time. I, I could be yeah. I could be a brick shit house <laughs> in about six weeks. But
1: I don't want to. Yeah. It's a choice. Goals, Jim. This is goals. what we I, I guess, yeah.
3: No, <laughs> new clothes and goals. You know, you are married now. Like now, it's You're now's about the time. A girl, right? Yeah, yeah. That's
2: what's
1: supposed to happen. Right.
3: Life or death. You know, she she knows she knows it going in. So.
1: No, I want to start a whole uh whole thing that flatten the curb, curve being my belly. <laughs> I'm work on flattening the curve
2: Just wait, in three years Jim's going to be on stage He's going to have a bear claw in his front pocket you know, <laughs> I <out>. was told <laughs> this
0: is what I was supposed <laughs> to do on a podcast It's like super size me comedy style <laughs> Why am I not funny yet? Yeah. We're going to do like a dual documentary Where Jim's getting fatter And Ross is getting thinner, and we're yep. gonna see what's how the, the last go. Point? What happens?
2: What's the equilibrium? Yeah. Where how, how fat do I need to be so I can still be funny? Next
0: year. Well, I, <laughs> I brought to you already. by Comedy Connect. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: th- I think there is a connection there. I really do. I think uh, I think certain people are more approachable. Will Ferrell actually said he kept himself a little pudgier for comedy reasons, like that he didn't really tone it up as much as he just because he thought it was funnier. If his belly was gonna hang out on. On set, he figured if he had a little bit of a pouch there, it would be funnier.
0: That's so weird to me because of how many comedians, you know, like we were just talking about John Mulaney, Jim Carrey, like there's some huge comedians that are real thin, and yeah. I don't see I it don't affecting them. No. Well,
1: because they do a lot of cocaine and just <laughs> rattle a bunch of shit <laughs> off. Them. They also... Yeah. Okay,
0: so the, so the underlying thing is comics can't be healthy. So how you do, do it is I up to you. T-
1: you have to be beating your body up in some way, whether yeah. it's so overeating, cocaine. We know
0: Jim is thin, and he doesn't do drugs. He doesn't overeat. I don't think he drinks that much, so Ooh, we got out- to figure out... You yeah. heard he was doing like oh, six there it is a week. Yeah. Right, I workaholic. Drink, I drink uh, whiskey a lot. That's, oh, that's workaholic, alcoholic. We found your vice.
1: There element. it is. All yep. right. That's why, why I
0: never get on stage. I'm perfect.
1: Right there. You.
2: go My <laughs> vice is churros. <laughs> churros. Churros. Yeah.
0: I've never seen you eat. A I quit
1: try. smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and that's when I like gained weight. So I and that now it's like, okay, what if I start smoking cigarettes again? Like. Would I put the weight off right away, or would it just be I'd be fat and smoking cigs again, just twice as <laughs> unhealthy?
2: I could get this like, number four <laughs> double quarter pounder, or I can get this pack of cigarettes. Pack of what cigarettes. am I going to do today?
1: That's what I say. We're all Whatever's killing ourselves is. in our own way. Yeah, right? <laughs> is. Right now, the burgers. Yeah. Just slightly. Just slightly. And you just got a of protein so in there, too, you
3: know? Just yep. kind of balance that life out. Exactly. The double <laughs> yeah. quarter
2: pounder meal is like 11 bucks. I shouldn't. I shouldn't know that, but I do. Oh, Wow, wow. maybe wow. a pack. Of I told you. Is you mean
3: the meal? Nah, maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> the double quarter pounder meal. is the hunger, too. You know, there
1: yeah. you go. Jeez, I can make a pack last like two two I days. Feel like we need
0: to put a surgeon general warning on this episode. That's what was so <laughs> saying. <looking at. laughs> this is not going well. I
2: think it started with Ross's blanket story. <laughs> yeah, the blanket oh yeah, story. <laughs> <the> blanket story. <laughs> 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 we're gonna have we're, we're we're gonna use that the old CD parental advisory thing in the corner a little black and warning. white warning stories about
1: dead dogs <laughs>
0: so other than vices and dead dogs what do you think helps your comedy like something that people wouldn't really assume is there anything out there that you'd never would have expected would have helped your comedy
1: it's my vices that's all it's it just is. your vices no it's my They're, my intense need to feel accepted by strangers <laughs> i I don't know it's just they know that <laughs> like, yeah, they, they know can that I feel like I want to be their friend, like yeah. i just I want everybody to be my friend, mm-hmm. no, I have um, yeah, there might be more truth into that than I
3: would like to believe <laughs> isn't that most jokes that started out I, for the laughs hear, oh, and then you realize truth, it's self reflection it a little bit, yep. you know it's just being i don't know i've tweaked got it's
1: married lie through your ass years old, you on know? half your mm-hmm. jokes, that's what I do, I just lie about everything.
3: Do you learn about yourself? Do you learn
0: about yourself? Like you go to write a joke and you're like, oh crap, that's that's got to come out in therapy this week.
3: Yeah, and a lot of the learning is with my wife too. Now she just calls me out on shit before. (laughs) You know, I'm always right, but then she starts talking, so she's right. You know, so but it's it's a balance. Sometimes
2: you need help with your self awareness. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I go ahead. You're welcome. Come on, yeah. Yeah, um, because yeah, I, there'd be a whole lot of things getting told on stage if she wasn't around, and I might not be around anymore already. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. maybe, maybe don't. Maybe yeah, should we talk do about? That,
0: so. we, we won't get into specifics, but he wrote a specific joke that kind of flipped the normal. Um, White versus black humor on stage, often told by African American comedians. And yeah. he sent it to me, and I'm like, "You can't say that." Yeah. He's like, "But that's the joke, is the flip." I'm like, "That's not how race works.
1: That's it I- was you
2: do not have that privilege." She said it was the fact that I was implying that stereotypes exist that that made it not okay. And yeah, and I don't like it, but I, I stopped fighting it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things because like you like do it, it, it right? is right, it is a baby. She was like, like
2: need to get this guy out of the way.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> Race is one of those things that when you touch on it, it's it's always interesting. I'll do character work where I like touch on like pretty hard with that, but it's obvious that the the person who I am is an idiot, like mm-hmm. the character I'm playing. So any of my opinions really don't matter. So like that's kind of why I I play up a lot with that. Um, mm-hmm. There's certain certain people I feel like can get away with touching on stuff more obviously. Um, kids yes like just <laughs> don't touch the kids don't, <laughs> don't, touch, don't touch the, the kids <laughs> but honestly like <laughs> if you want to be real though go like f- for uh for us going into if your family comedy like it seems to work the best for me honestly some of the jokes i tell about my own family mm-hmm. just to kind of switch subjects because i didn't like where i was going with it but um <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm just gonna take this over
2: no um Ross is having like a personal panic yeah, moment because he yeah, overexposed like, like, like two himself. minutes ago. I know. I was like, like, "All right, like, we, gotta we need to back. keep pushing away from this. Yeah. And but I wasn't, he, I'm not going to let you do it. Yeah. I, th- this had to be discussed because you were like, I think I got too real. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Way too real.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Tell us about what your daughter.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but like, I, I'm just saying, like, um, I feel like when I've touched on my family, like it's, it's gets more laughs because it's something that everyone has as family, whether they enjoy them or not. um, but yeah, I've I've gone into my daughter and stuff. That's a lot of fun. Um, when I first, my my daughter is on the autism spectrum, um, so yeah, a lot of fun. Um, but it it definitely it's one of those things that uh, people who are from the community really understand, and people who don't understand, I think they're not quite sure if it's okay to laugh at it or not. <laughs> so you got to make it okay, and like when you able, when you do that, it opens up so many more doors to be able to discuss it and be real about it with people and it's so cool because like i've seen like coming from a uh a background like that i've seen in a community where like there are the term karens you know Mm -hmm. people who are just so like hey it needs to be this way for my child and even that like it's a little irritating so i think eventually i'm going to work some of that into my comedy and really make awareness to that too like parents of special needs kids uh Back the fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. let him be a person. Like, don't... You don't have to be there. It's like the mom that jumped in. I don't know if you guys seen that video. There was this viral video of this kid wrestling with another kid. And the other kid starts kicking his ass. So the mom jumps in and grabs... I just yeah, saw that. Grabs it an actual wrestling match. Yeah, yep. Yeah. At an actual wrestling match. I didn't see and, this. And um, this will be... This kid will be made fun of this for the rest of his life, guaranteed. Um, because his mom couldn't just, like, not... And, like, I I... It's just a perfect example of like you got to be able to back away and like let your kid like that's too much. You're overparenting at that point. So mm-hmm.
2: Jenny, and I have two points on this subject, not necessarily about parents and kids, but this idea in general of people that jump at things when they shouldn't. Yeah. Um Daniel Sloss, S-L-O-S-S, has a great bit. Yeah. Where he just rips into a crowd yeah. because they, ooh. yeah, their yeah, yeah. Up. he and talks about, about being sister.
0: offended. Yep. Yeah, on behalf of is not a thing. You can't be offended on behalf of someone. Yep. That's just insulting.
1: Daniel Sloss is a hero of mine. Yeah, I and love And the way him. he touches on his sister is like purely poetic. He doesn't. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of people that will argue that he's not like a comedian, but like he, I feel like he definitely. He will go for a while and hold a crowd just on what he's talking about. That's what's interesting
0: is that he's kind of one of, like, that you could put in the area of preachy, and yeah. yet it works. It was so good. Because he yeah. can just pull you back to funny so fast. We
2: both sat and there and were just like, oh, my God.
1: Yep. Did you watch this one about the puzzle? I don't know if I've seen it yet. Other, is it newer? It's um No. It, well, it's one of his other routines. He's got He might have three of them out there now. Um, but his his earlier two the one the first one he talks about his sister Mm -hmm. the second one he goes a little bit into her again but he um he goes into this puzzle theory of like you're going through life and you life is like a puzzle and you're just putting it together you don't have the box to look at oh yeah and so there's a whole thing about finding the right pieces that fit And, like, he prides himself on being able to break up relationships. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I will admit I watched that routine and broke up with my girlfriend at that time. Uh, Daniel, you bastard.
0: It's (laughs) a great routine, and I will have you know I watched that since we've been together, and you're still here. So we take a point (laughs) away from Mr. Sloss. Yep. Yep. But he probably so probably if, have you seen it, Jim? I haven't, no. Don't. Tell your wife it's, to hide it. Uh, yeah, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it is his test on marriages. We want you to make it. In general. It's, <laughs> <and then laughs> it's funny.
2: Jenny makes another good point on this generalized subject of people jumping on things that they shouldn't. It's a, psych- uh, it's a psychology thing that she talks about where um, the narcissism.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a form of narcissism, and it's an idea of projected empathy, which is completely impossible to have um and that whole idea of i feel hearing this made me feel this way so i'm going to assume everyone else feels this way too even if they really don't yeah yeah
1: yeah well, i can see but well, I, I think that you do find people who are offended that feel that way like oh when yeah like, there's legitimate like, okay, everyone has personal to, offense there, sure. there has to be but every, it that, it's that it's unheard of it's that mm-hmm. outgoing yeah
2: yeah. I, you're going to hear and see me right now because yeah. I need to help these people.
1: I need to help these people.
2: Not, I want those people to have help. I need to help these people. Well, and that's
1: a belief just in general that no, there is no selfless act. That everything we do is purely for the feel, and that that's going into philosophy. Uh, yeah, philosophy.
0: I, I talk about that quite often. Yeah, um, that, that, that we're like, all pretty just.
3: We're selfish. all selfish. Everyone like does everything in order to feel better selfless things. Is you got to write about better it better on Facebook. I did all this. Yeah, for this yeah, person right. It's like, oh, yeah. Did you really do that for them? Or okay. You okay. You know. So have you
0: guys ever had someone approach you after a show offended because of something you said? <laughs>
1: oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, not <laughs> yet. All the time. Not, <laughs> not yet? yet. All right. Yeah. More yet. goals, Jim. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I've, I've had,
1: I've, and I, I, it's funny because if I see someone sour up during my set, normally like an older person or something. And uh, I'll I'll seek him out afterwards and see if I can't like okay what are you instigating what did you like like what
0: is that to be better to or to him. instigate
1: no to be to uh, get a better understanding of what offended him okay I mean, did they, so to try to was
3: this a, a bar show or was this yeah a show it was show? a bar show it was oh, uh, so it was, was actually
1: one it was funny too because like I acknowledged there were kids there. And there were there was a bouncy house next to the stage, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> is, these are the kind of shows I fucking do. <laughs> Hell yeah! You were playing in it before you we went on so, stage, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. Ross, I've heard your stuff. How are you doing
2: things? I- <laughs> <laughs> so
3: exactly, exactly, we did. And, the- I,
2: and
1: I was told. I was told. Don't worry. These kids have heard worse.
0: Oh goodness! So like, we were at the at the overtime show. His yeah. Mike's fourteen year old daughter was there, and I was dying inside. Oh, well, because she, had yeah. because <laughs> she was I can't imagine. Things. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, she heard houses. stuff from her father
2: she's never heard before. Yeah. So that yeah. there's that already. I'm but sorry. then add another five guys of <laughs> all, three, doing whatever. Yeah.
0: My kids yeah. are never yeah. trying, trying to a comedy show. I know you guys <laughs> too well.
1: <laughs> well, and that's like like Hayden like getting uh getting his um. His in future in-laws to uh to watch him and stuff that's insane like I uh, some of the jokes he's made and stuff I was geeking out at uh, the one show we did where his uh his um his fiance's dad sitting right there in the front row and he's telling that shows you the relationship that they all have that's cool mm-hmm. and I would hope like actually not my girl my girlfriend's uh, parents have both come and seen me and uh I um, I, I purposely made jokes about her both of them. <laughs> Have
0: you guys ever had negative feedback from family, from wives
3: or parents? My mom,
1: she doesn't like me talking about masturbating. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that's it's,
1: it's a horrible thing to talk about. So yours is about a content, stuff, huh? yeah. Okay. She, yeah. she doesn't approve of a lot of my content, um, and, and it's <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because honestly, like she can. Sh- I've seen her get pretty lit up and joke around about some pretty raunchy shit. So it's funny to have her kind of be that way. But at times, mom, if you're listening, because I know you're probably one of the few ones that listen to podcasts, I do. <laughs> um,
3: I can't even think of my mother listening to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. She, she's yeah, not, not a chance. Well, yeah. <laughs> Zero chance.
0: <laughs> okay, so we can talk about Jim's mom because she's not listening. <laughs> yeah. As, have, have any of them ever been offended by you?
3: No, my mom, she doesn't care. She just, she laughs at it all. My dad yeah. just like sits back because, like, when I, you know, I say he was a hard ass when we were younger. And he was, and we were we're thrifty, we were poor, you know. So he, I make fun of that shit. So mm-hmm. he just sits there, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. He just, like <laughs> he can't about, say much because yeah, it's true. It's true, right? Yeah. Do you but,
0: find that your family supports you in doing this?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and I, that's the thing. Like I, t- I talk smack about my mom, but my mom actually does support me big time. After the last time she saw me, she's like, "You're, you're doing good stuff with this. This is cool," you know. Even though she wasn't too happy with some of the stuff I joke around with, she was still. Thought it was cool to see people laughing and doing stuff like that. My dad, I did a lot of, like, cover stuff with him, actually, in a band and all that, so I got a lot of my background of getting up on stage because of him. I'd like to work him in more. One of the ideas that we have is a a song about the birds and the bees that uh, I'll sing with my dad. The idea that we've had is him telling me um, how his dad told him would be verse 2, and verse 3 would be how I will one day tell my son and, like, the the, ver- mm-hmm. the chorus every time will be the birds and the bees talk. Mm. So, and I think it would be fun to get him on stage and do a duet with that.
2: So, no 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 family trouble for you, Jim? No. They no. don't
3: even they don't even tend much, I guess. My mom made to one, and then my dad made to a couple. He was at the overtime one. And then, he, but other than that, they're just like, ah, whatever. Yeah. You know, you're going to go up there and talk. That's fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Are you guys trying to make, like, a lifetime career of this, or is this just a side hobby? Like, would you ever quit your day job?
1: I wouldn't quit my day job yet. Um, I, I, I think that there's just too much that comes from that. I enjoy my day job actually too. It allows me to do what I what I can. But um, I'm just going to keep honing what I got here, helping build what we have in the valley. And uh, when the kids get older, I can really see giving it more of a um, a goal. Mm-hmm. I think when I'm after I've been doing it a while too. So I think there's a lot of growth that can happen. Just in this area here, and even with the internet the way it is, if you really have something and you put it out there, it'll be discovered.
0: Yeah, you don't really need to travel to New York City like you used to. Well,
1: and I I think, like, there's even opportunities to still do this stuff living here. Like, I got a show in uh, um, South Dakota that's coming up in January. Mm -hmm. So that'll be um, an interesting experience i haven't that's the furthest i've gone out of state so far for a show so i i got
3: time to go yet i mean a year and a half game and it'd be nice right one Mm -hmm. day but i don't know my my job's very flexible when i i can work remote if it were to ever happen but right now i just need to get a lot more honed Mm -hmm. you know to be able to do a 20 minute set or something like that alone is isn't easy so that's I know you can do a half an hour easy, Ross, but.
1: I Yeah, and I um, I actually, what's funny is the uh, South Dakota show, I'm going to be doing an hour.
3: Oh, oh wow. wow. that's going to be,
1: I, and uh, I have the material. I've just never strung it all together and done it at once. And that's so, one of the like, hard things. To like yeah,
3: to try. my segues are like shit. You know, it's just like, ah, well, here I'm jumping into this one no, you now. You don't always have
1: to have that greatest segues. You can find ways of, like stumbling through it and not. Sometimes it's, it's funnier without a segue, it especially yeah. if you go from one extreme to another yeah. extreme. Yeah, it's a really extreme, just that extreme nice premise. Pause. Yeah, and yeah. even <laughs> professionals do that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They'll acknowledge that too. They're like, "Hey, speak of segues," and then go into like something completely different, or,
2: and like w- w- when you make that like not not what. Ross just said where you like mention that you're doing a segue. Yeah. When you do the the big leap, like the way that you deliver, the way that you pitch it can make it clear that this is what's happening right now. Yeah. And We're people are just go. like, Oh, okay. We're next gonna go thing I
1: go completely off into left field now. Yeah.
0: I always think of uh Nate Bergazzi who has oh, no that. segues and he even just trails off at the end of a joke and then he's just like moving on to the next one. He just kind of looks around a bit. He he! <laughs> I swear he breaks every stand-up comedian.
2: rule. He does break a lot of rules. Yeah, <laughs> all those things that you're supposed to do. He yeah. definitely. Well, is and then just some like, of the greats.
1: <laughs> that's like they, they may have followed some rules, but like for the most part, like you got to find your way. Yeah, it's everyone's got their own little their their own little thing, and when they mm-hmm. find that groove, like when you find a way to be yourself on stage, I really feel is the where it's stuff stuff starts clicking, where you can really because you like. Most of us know that we can be funny people in the right settings, but like it's trying to get there on stage is a totally different ball game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think once you really discover how to be yourself, and that's just what I've noticed, that uh, more gen- like people feel you're more genuine and they tend to gravitate more to what you're saying because they feel like, hey, this person isn't just up here convincing me of this. they're just up there pouring themselves out and I think it's hilarious. But there is a lot of convincing, too, that has to happen. Oh, yeah, we have some so really weird views on shit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no. So
0: would you say you are yourself on stage or are you playing a character? Um, it's funny because I do a lot of I mean, of you, you work. do play character. You're not the person <laughs> yeah. to <So> like, <laughs> ask.
1: <laughs> I don't know, and I think it's fun doing that, too. Like, I think it's fun getting up there and being a character because uh, it's funny. So so I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable doing character work until I was comfortable enough being myself up there. But it was hard becoming myself up there. So I felt like I had to be someone else, so I was actually doing kind of character work before I did character work, like, what I thought I should be, like, well, this it's like, come inception. off, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come off more like your, your, um, that slow stoner kind of comedy, nope, nope, that didn't work, you know, and some of it, like, I, like I say, I just started genuinely, like, telling things the way I would tell them, I feel like, and, mm-hmm. That was really when things started clicking with that. As far as like music goes, I'll even change up like my my tone and stuff while I'm singing. Certain songs come a little more twangy, kind of <laughs> country sounding. Other ones sound a little more uh, punk rockish, and uh, yeah, just different.
0: So, is any of it just you?
1: Um, yeah, I think like um, my mom was in jail song I like a lot. <laughs> I feel like that came from a very like real place. That like I just kind of. Worked through some stuff as I wrote that, and uh, it's, like, right in my vocal range that I love singing it. I can mess around with it. Oh, I'll go and do, like, an Eddie Vedder voice with it and right. have fun with that. And
3: I mean, just knowing you, though, it, it feels like it's you on stage, though, when I watch you. Yeah. Uh, it's not like it's a character that, you know, like, oh, that you get off stage and it's not Ross. Yeah.
1: Yep. No, and I've I've done, like, I've definitely... Like, when I've gotten and done uh, Johnny America and gone up and did, like, four more years or Biden's America and, like, done songs like that. And I feel like it's funny because I'll get reactions off both sides of the fence with that, too, where they're like, oh, that was fucking good. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, that was funny. So it's good to see stuff like that. But it's also, like, like you say, people come up and talk to you afterwards and they know you were playing a character. I pissed people off because of that. Like, yeah. I pissed people royally off or a dude like knocked my mic out of my stand like while i was performing the character and i didn't realize like it was a character you know yeah and uh yeah so that's that's the risk you can run not being yourself (laughs) or just (laughs) just being uh, a general asshole i guess i i have
2: the solution for that i'm the same empty husk on and
3: off stage (laughs)
1: so
0: do you think that you're the same person or do you have a persona
3: um I I'm pretty much the same person on stage. Yeah. I I don't know, I I'm still finding, kind of honing it though too. And I kind of want to there's inside of me I don't get my thoughts and my views out like I express them like I would just talking in normal. Like when I'm talking to the wife or I'm talking to a friend or whatever after a few beers, you know, my emotion on something is a little bit different mm-hmm. there than it would be on stage and that's where I got to practice and hone that. Do you ever lie about your wife on stage? Yeah.
1: <laughs> what i was gonna say i, I, I know a lot of everything. a lot of the material you do about, about your wife and stuff is very it's funny because you kind of swing on and she what's funny is you, you see her laughing her ass off at mm-hmm. the stuff so it's like definitely can tell you're getting the nod of approval from her but there's stuff that you touch on with her that like, oh man wow okay like it, it but it's funny because she she's right there with it and enjoys it so definitely um one of the things I noticed about you was uh, def- that that shocking humor was some of that, but um, like I say, when you talk to you, you know that that's not you as a person per se, mm-hmm. but it's like that that same humor and fr- judging from like your background and work and stuff, that's where that a lot of that comes from. Yeah, and like it's definitely you know. Going and joking about the old lady and stuff, but um,
0: Mike was just saying this morning that we need to have a show of just the wives and girlfriends and what they have to put up with yeah. on the back mm-hmm. end.
3: Yep. get
1: the and other half of
0: this. Hearing the right jokes, here. rolling the eyes.
1: Yep. Rachel would she, have a lot to say. I,
3: I tell her she needs to get on stage, but then I tell her not to because she'll probably be funnier than me. She yeah. is funnier than he me. She says <laughs> that all the time. <laughs> yep. No. Uh,
2: Touching on the, uh, the the things that we lie about with our girlfriends and wives and stuff. Um, I, I tell a joke about Jenny stabbing people, and anybody that's met her knows that she would set an elaborate death trap, not stab somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: Yeah, but whenever just, our friends are there, they all laugh because they're like, yeah, that's, I, I could see her murdering somebody. Going right for the jugular. We're not <laughs> yeah. going to waste no. time with traps. Look, yeah. the, <laughs>
2: the problem is she knows better than to get evidence on herself, so she needs something hands off. You know, off.
0: we don't need Radio evidence of that, Like, we don't need this recorded. If I end up in a pit of spikes,
2: you'll know what happened.
0: Blink twice.
1: So, like, it's a real thing, though. This Christmas, uh, the girlfriend got a lot of, she had, like, sword skewers. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen those. These things are huge. A lot of grilling stuff, but there's, like, big, like, large, blunt objects. And as, like, she's getting this from her family, I'm wondering, like, are they helping her plan my death here or what? (laughs) Like... A lot of this stuff is looks like it's straight out of a medieval like American catalog ci- book,
2: American psycho, American psycho Wisconsin style. Just,
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. It scares me a little bit. Some of the things, and like I said, the family was a little too eager giving her some of this stuff, so it worries me a little bit of what uh, what their view is on me.
3: <laughs> well, they got a view at least, you know. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Maybe it's from the comedy they saw me do.
0: It's it's important to. Uh, I mean, I got, I got socks. As a gift, so...
1: Are we really going to do this?
0: <laughs> oh, wow.
3: <laughs> <means> oh <you're> important. <laughs> All the good gifts come throughout the year. You don't need just that one good gift.
2: All right. That was my mother. <laughs> and my mother <laughs> says that I helped. Oh, yeah? But I know fucking better. She doesn't want... I, <laughs> They're very I, nice socks, but she's I not love, a sock person. I,
0: <laughs> there's there's only one thing in the world I hate, and it's socks. And so his mother got me a nice pair of socks, Um. She and didn't. Know. She said she, tried and her she best. didn't, and they're beautiful they're and very nice they're socks. wonderful. And I don't mean to be insulting at all, but the funny part was she said that Mike helped. And
2: I, I and instantly, I'm sure. like,
3: no, I did not. So, what kind of socks are they? They're nice,
0: warm, fuzzy, fuzzy. ones with yeah. like you know, mm-hmm. like slipper socks kind of thing, and they're beautiful. And if I you liked, don't like socks, if I liked things on my feet, I would wear them. What about shoes? I she hate shoes, but I have I have you to wear that, shoes. Right? Yeah. But I'm wearing socks right now. I mean, I do what I have to living in Wisconsin, but...
3: Jim, worst gift you ever got? Fucking one of those essence sprayer thingies. You know, you know whatever the hell those things are, you just... Like like the, like the aromatherapy the, yeah, things? Yeah, those things. Yeah. Like, why the, what, what am I going to do with this? With the you essential oils yeah. and... Like a diffuser. And, yeah, there we a diffuser, go. Diffuser, yeah. that's the and word. And then, lo and behold, though, I was using it. But, you know, it's... <laughs> then, behold, though, was, like, one of the best gifts I but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> actually got. It's actually not that bad. <laughs> At first, I was like, what the either. fuck am I going to do with this? You know, and then later on, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, making it smell nice. <laughs> <I'm> diffusing shit. Ross?
1: I'd have to say... uh Getting doubles of uh, what, what did I get the one year? It was doubles of like this yard tool I needed, so it was like oh cool. I, I ended up just returning it. You have two hands. Yep, I, I suppose I could use <laughs> two axes or what? No, it, um, <laughs> wow. they were like these clippers. Oh, were, uh, for yeah, pruning can't two hand clippers. Yeah, yeah. So I know. Mine is
3: – Minus two hands. hands. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah.
2: That that you missed an opportunity. Was there. the
3: wife there. telling you to work faster or something? I, <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: No, I think it just got mixed up. Someone didn't discuss that they were getting me it already. Mike, what's the worst gift
0: you ever got?
2: I figured since we started talking about gifts, we might as well do this. (laughs) So that's why I asked you guys first. Uh, The worst gift I ever got came from my sister um, five, six, seven years ago. And the thing that you need to know about my sister is that there is nothing that she won't hype. All right, Whether it's a night out or a gift or whatever, she... Hypes things, and she will do it for weeks, and it always fails. It's always oversold every single time. So she does this with a Christmas gift. We get to the Christmas day, I unwrap it, and it is a three by three crate, three three foot by three foot crate, with the shottiest uh, pry bar you've ever seen, and I cannot get this thing open to save my life i have never worked so hard ever and i used to squat 400 pounds back in high school so like i there's nothing that's ever been so difficult my whole life this thing just would not fucking open
0: so the worst gift mike ever got was a blow to his masculinity it was. That's that's what we're. It saying. was is that what because I do could it?
2: not get this box open. If you're a man that can't get into the box, you, you're you're really you're really messing things up. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, maybe so, you don't like uh, the box. That, that that is an option. <laughs> and after that, that there was some questions. Yeah. Yep. imagine? The yep. end
0: of seven would have been way different for you. It
2: would have been. What's in the box? I have no fucking clue because <laughs> this <laughs> pry bar is Can't shit. Can't get it open. <laughs> Can't get it open. All
3: those weights doesn't do shit for you, right? No, it doesn't. No. You
2: know, I was always more of a leg guy than an arm guy, so yeah. that's that's part of the problem. I probably should have jumped on it. T-Rex arms yeah. or what? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Um, and then and then I get it open, and there's literally nothing in there for me. There's It was barbecue stuff. Like, I enjoy cooking, but I've never had any interest in smoking anything. It had this... Awful barbecue rub In there And it was just
0: garbage Would you rather have a diffuser?
3: I would have rather had a
2: diffuser <laughs> <laughs> With with some nice curtains You
0: know there you, go, there you go Some scented candles Yes Okay Really set the mood
3: some Grapes <laughs> to match that box, huh? Yeah, there you go <laughs> Alright Do
0: you guys have anything coming up That you want to plug Or podcast Or websites Anything you want to put out Shows,
2: whatever you want January
3: um, 7th We have it at uh, Willie Beeman's again yeah, I was going to oh, say nice. the 7th we have at Willie Beemans. That's at 7 o'clock.
2: That's in Nina, Wisconsin, Neenah. if you're local.
3: That's on uh, Winchester, I think it is. I think that's the road down by Kimberly Clark mm-hmm. there. Just Google it. Everybody's got a phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a pirate the ship That's such a outside. Wisconsin
0: thing to do. I'm going to walk you through the directions. Yeah. Yeah, well, real,
2: right. real quick, one line on what it's like doing
3: comedy in a pirate bar our yeah <laughs> Scar- <laughs> pirate bar yeah it's more of a ta- yeah and it's a bunch of people drinking rum <laughs> there you go nice
1: i'm a big rum drinker so i feel right at home there
0: <laughs> jim how do you have any way to find you on social media or anything like that that you want to put out there i
3: honestly really don't have much right now
0: you should work on that.
3: I, I do have to work on okay. that. I have to get more uh, footage going. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, yeah, here we go. You know. I, I mean,
0: well, if you want Jim Schwartzbauer, figure out how to spell his name and then go from there.
1: I was going to say that's the hard It'll part. It'll be in our <laughs> material. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't screw up the spelling. Yeah. Ross, how about you? For me, um, Ross Taylor Huff on Facebook. You can find a picture of me playing guitar. And then uh, Ross Huff Comedy on Twitter, on um, Instagram. I had RossHuffComedy.com, working on getting that back up and going. Otherwise, I have my podcast called No Such Thing as Art, um, and that's available on anywhere you listen to podcasts, basically. So that one's fun. We uh, interview local artists, whether they be comedians, uh, tattoo artists, um, musicians, and kind of talk to them about what what got them into what they do, any advice they would give to any newcomers, and just genuinely picked their brains about their opinions on all sorts of stuff ranging from anywhere uh one of the episodes we just talked about uh a lot about Kid Rock and um it was interesting to see the different views everyone had on him oh yeah so, nice but yeah
0: Awesome.
2: All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. This has been Comedy Connects Podcast. You can find us at ComedyConnects.com as well as on Facebook at Comedy Connects as a page and Green Bay Comedy Connection for our Facebook group.
0: We're also on TikTok and YouTube at Comedy Connects.
2: I'm Mike Shampo.
0: I'm Jenny Soldner.
2: This has been Comedy Connects coming from Dizzy Course Studio. Thank you very much.